Welcome to the Minnesotan Hockey Podcast. The goal of our pods are to give our followers a taste of how great the game of hockey is here in Minnesota. Speaking of great, check out the Minnesotan, a cool and authentic apparel concept, which is a one-of-a-kind, 100% unique to the marketplace. You can visit their flagship store seven days a week in historic downtown White Bear Lake or on the web at theminnesotan.com. On today's show, we're here in Rochester, Minnesota with Dwayne Vini, uh, a hockey dad here in Rochester of two hockey players. We're going to talk to Dwayne, an African-American man, about his experiences being African-American in our country, and maybe a little bit about hockey, too, as well. Hope you enjoy today's show. Love is a burning thing And it makes a fiery ring Bound by wild desire I fell into a ring of fire Well, good afternoon, Mr. Vini. How are you doing today? I'm good, and yourself? Great. Uh, Peter and I are here. Peter, you're going to kind of... uh, I'm, dri- the I'm first driving the half. bus here. You're going to run the first half of the show. We're going to talk about Dwayne's life as a child growing up here in America, moving here to Rochester in college and uh, staying. Been here forever. Yes. And yes. Uh, we're going to learn about, about Dwayne and uh, we're going to talk a little bit about race relations and how we can, our viewers and how the rest of the country can get better and how fitting is that that you uh, are a good friend of ours and you're going to help us educate the rest of the po- the posse here my in, pleasure, my pleasure. in Minnesota. Well, we do appreciate you taking the time today. Dwayne, I can't imagine how many African-American people are tired of having their white friends say, are you okay? <laughs> what can I do? But we think that um, step one in repairing race relations, or at least taking the first step, is to educate ourselves. Yes. So I'd like you to tell me about growing up in, in D.C., yes. in the, the DMV, in the, DMV in the 70s. What was that like for yes. a, was, a young black man? Um, it was rough a little bit, you know, growing up, like most African-American males, um, single mom. Um, for most kids, though, their dad may not have been in their life for other reasons. Mine wasn't in my life because he passed away. So just dealing with that aspect. Um, besides that, um, just the normal childhood. Had friends in the neighborhood. Um, somewhere up to no good. <laughs> and others, uh, others was on the right path. And you're just trying to navigate your way through life to try to figure out which which path you want to go down growing up. And and for you, who was it who kept you on the right path? That was my grandmother, a.k.a. Big Mama. Big Mama, all right. Yes, yes. Tell yes. us about Big Mama. Uh, Big Mama, she grew up North Carolina picking cotton as a youth. Really? Yes. So... She she lived a good life, man. She always, um, again, her husband passed away just shortly after I was born. So she had raised seven kids. Then she took on the responsibility of raising myself as well as one of my other cousins who was the only child. So she took on the responsibility of uh, raising us as a domestic how did she do it uh, moving from Carol, North Carolina to D.C.? was Did she have some adjusting to do? I think that whole flow from there. Uh, North Carolina was was more the south. Yes. Where D.C. was kind of more northern. Yeah. So I think just growing up, 
not having to look over your shoulder when you move the further north, they got a little bit better than it was right south. So I think they're just well. Plus, they were really religious people. So we grew up in the church. We was in the church a lot. Um, I tease my wife all the time. She was like, "We need to go to church." I was like, "I'm in church more times when I was younger <laughs> than you have in your entire life." So we joke about that. But yeah, just she just did what she had to do to to raise a family. What did she do for work in DC? So she was a domestic. So okay. she worked for a white family. Yeah, pretty much. Um, and she did that the whole my entire life until she retired. So. Now, she loved it. So she raised kids. Yeah. You know? When she was at home and at work. Yes. I can't, I can't imagine that she uh, loved coming home to more kids after spending all day with somebody else's kids. Well, at that time, my cousin, she's like eight years older than me, so I was kind of like the youngest of them all, and I was kind of a little terror <laughs> at that time, but she knew how to put me in my place. But that's just the type of person that she was, you know? And those people loved her. When she passed away, it's been nine years now, the people that she used to work for up north and the people that they flooded with gifts. Really? They still remember. And like, grown men who she helped raise, man, it was unbelievable. But that's, that's just... What that's, an impact she yes, has. Yes, yes. You mentioned you were a little bit of a terror, yes, as a as a kid. So how did how did Grandma keep Oof. you keep you straight? We talked a little bit. Yeah, about I was this I was telling these guys earlier if it was a Olympics for butt whooping, my grandmother <laughs> would have won the gold medal, <laughs> and and she had a knack for letting it pile up, you know, I mean, like almost like points, yes. right? So they pile up until she got probably about. The eighth or ninth time, and she didn't want to deal with it anymore. And, she, and then her memory was excellent. So remember when you did this? <laughs> wow. Remember this day when you did this? And you recollect like, how in the world did she remember all this? But, yeah, she remembered everything. But, again, in today's world, she probably would have been locked up for that. Yeah, probably. But that saved my life, I can guarantee tell you that. Here today, that saved me. Did you play a lot of sports or every sport uh, when you were growing up? No. Actually, again, my family was religious, so they didn't, like today's youth, they can, whatever. I didn't even start playing football probably until I was 7th, 8th grade. Okay. Around that area. Baseball was kind of the same way. And then again, that didn't matter to my grandparents when I was growing up because that's they wasn't about that. So pretty much I was doing it, and coach come and get me, boom, I was in, and bring me home, that type of deal. So not until I moved back from Georgia back to D.C. is when my aunt and my cousin, who I went to live with, to help finish out raising me, Yep, that, that came in the aspect. And then it helps when you good a little bit and that helps a little bit but yeah they weren't about sports like they didn't think it was as important as academics or what? right okay because i can tell you like i tell my boys and they hear the stories all the time my <laughs> junior year i just moved back to dc kind of the man on campus thought thought everything was good 
and then my grades slack. So I had to miss the first half of my junior season basketball, not because I was failing, because my grades wasn't up to where my family thought the standards should be. Right. Mm-hmm. So that's just the type of the way it was. Did you have uh, growing up? Uh, in, you compare it to today, you know, you raised Deontay and mm-hmm. Jaden now, and it's, I, I know you just because we're friends, yeah. it's sports, 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 sports. Yes. The culture that your kids grew up compared to the culture that you grew up in, how different, they vastly different. They couldn't survive. <laughs> they couldn't survive. I hope they never listen to this. <laughs> Hopefully they don't listen. They know, right? Hey, they know because when we go home, when I take them home to visit, they see the difference. They see it themselves, and then they ask questions. Well, why are they doing that? Or just the traffic alone is different. <laughs> right. You right. know, that's More just aggressive. one expert. Exactly. Well, I'm sitting on the turn, my cousin's just whipping the car. <laughs> and I'm hanging off for dear life, but that's, that's how they drive. That's it how is. you got to get around out there. Yes. It is a little bit. You think you see a direct correlation? You mentioned that your grandma would have won the gold medal for butt whooping. Yes. And I think a lot of white families even – in your age group would think that was severe. Yes. But is there a direct correlation between black families using those severe tactics because they know that their kids are facing an uphill battle from, from the jump? I think in some aspects it helped. And then a lot, I think it hurt because with that, you have to explain why you're doing it. Right. The ramifications of why you're doing that. And my grandmother used to always explain why. And I think in some households, they just get it because they just getting it. And they yeah. they skip the explanation. Right. They skip the explanation. So this kid is growing up thinking this is the way that's supposed to be. When they have kids, they're going to do it. And then it just becomes a cycle. Right. And if you don't educate those kids on why you're doing this this way, to kind of explain to them, then it, like for me, I've never hit my kids. Never even thought about doing it because we live in a different time. Yeah. Because I know I'm living here in a nice neighborhood. Yeah. With nice houses. And the crime is not what it was like when I was growing up. So I know I can explain to them, dude, you can't do that. But taking them home and letting them see for themselves Dude, this is what you could be living like. Yeah. You want to live like this, or you like where you at? That's the difference. I don't think they even question it, do they? <laughs> no, but they could. But you want to give, you open the eyes of every kid of the possibility of what could have been. So there's been a lot of discussion with our, our recent riots and and relations and stuff, and and it talks about being prepared. Um, did, did grandma prepare you for, for lack of a term, for being black in, in society? Did, did she, what was that, what is that like, being prepared? I think it's just educating me. Right. Yes, like her working for a white family, we didn't think about that they were white. They were just people that she worked for. Correct. You know? So we never, she, color was never an issue in the house. You know? So it's a funny story. Normally, you know, when you go on to want to marry a young lady, you go ask their parents. For permission. Right. I went and asked my grandmother <laughs> because I wanted to make sure 
this was okay. You know what I'm saying? Because that's yeah. just, I need that blessing because I don't want to do anything to upset Big Mama as far as, because I knew where she grew up and the times that she grew up. She never really talked about if she had a real issue with that because that's not the person that she was, but she never had a problem. Never. Had she met your wife before? Yes. Yep. Did she give you we, permission? Yes. We, we used to go down there. We used to try to go Thanksgiving every year and visit. Yeah. Yeah. So she did give the blessing. Oh, of course. Yes. Um, do, you, do you wish that she would have talked to you more about her views on race when you were growing up in hindsight? Yes, because it was it would have just gave me the opportunity to know her a little bit better. I'm right. sure she saw a lot of stuff growing up in North Carolina. Yes, in the she was born in 1920. Yeah, so I'm sure she was picking cotton. She seen, heard it all. Yeah, but being in the religious aspect of growing up. They put their more trust in God that they was going to get them through any hardship. She right. always told us that. Yeah. Anytime you have some hardship, just give it to the man and, and he'll work it out for you. So I think in that aspect, she just led by example when trying to deal with if you came across any oppression or not. So, You want to go to how he got to Minnesota? I, I want to hear all about the plane ride. The plane from ride. DC to Rochester. <laughs> so you, you had a football career, a pending football career yes. at Rochester Community College, yep. and you flew from, never came here, just trusted just the, trusted. the Roosevelt folk, right? Yes. People my from your high coach, school. My head coach growing up, after every practice, he was a great man. I, I, I what was his name? His name was James Tillerson. Okay. Yes, he, he taught the boys and. All the boys we talk to this day about the great respect. And he always, at the every game or after every practice, he would tell us about our attitude during the game. And he would say, you never know who's watching. And he used to say that all the time. And it used to be a guy. We have like a little track. And it used to be a hill. And it used to be a guy that always was behind the fence, the same spot. Same guy all the time, yes. Yeah, and I never knew who he was. And one day, coach was like, "Well, you got these big time colleges that want you. Do you want to go there? Do you want to go some smaller?" I said, "I got." He said, "I got a person I want you to meet that has a place in Rochester, Minnesota. That your teammates from last year are there. They can help you do some stuff." So I went to meet him, and he told me. Yes, I was that guy standing there the whole time watching practice, watching your mannerism. Because he didn't want to send somebody to a place here on and, your own. And put a stain on his exactly. name. Exactly. Yeah, right? So that's how, it, that's how it happened. So I flew here, um, get to Minneapolis with my other roommate, thinking it was all nice. I seen the Minneapolis skyline. <laughs> thinking when I get to Rochester, oh, it's only a 15-minute plane ride. And then I look out the window and I see nothing but cornfield. <laughs> what, what was your first thought when you saw nothing but cornfield? What in the world I got myself into? <laughs> and it was funny because we get off and we're driving down. And I'm like, what's high V-E-E? <laughs> and my buddy's like, that's high V. What's shop K-O? 
a shop coat. You know, a, why? Because I'd never any of it, any of it. And the other fascinating thing that I was surprised about when I moved here is when you used to go to drive around with some friends and go to the gas station, but they'd be closing. All this stuff would just be sitting out at the gas station unattended. <laughs> and I'm thinking to myself, this could never happen. <laughs> this stuff would have been gone as soon as the person locked the door and cut the lights off. <laughs> so... I think that, and I grew up in Minneapolis. I'm like, when I go to these places, I'm like, they just leave this out here? You could just take it if you well, wanted that, to. That, when I knew it was something different, so. A bit of a culture shock. Then. Yes. Uh, I want to bounce back to high school for a second. Yes. How important are coaches, whether they're white or black or Asian or Hispanic, in the black Very. community, coaches seem like they fill a variety of roles. A variety of roles. I have, I keep in contact with the head coach, at my high school today because he needs support because these kids don't have, again, male Same fairies. coach or new coach? No, there? it's a new coach. Okay, I yeah. figured. Yeah, new coach. So they don't have that that male figure in their lives most of the time. So the coaches are always the ones that fill that void, you know? So it's very important. That's why when I – Jaden always wanted me to coach football, and I never – Wanted to because it's a commitment. Because I don't want to give a hundred percent. Because that's that's the way I am. I gotta give a hundred percent. I cannot give a hundred percent. But I'm a, I only know one way of coaching. Right. You know, <laughs> and that's the hard way of coaching. You know. Yeah. But if you if the kids you have to lay the law down. If they know that's what you mean, then you can reach a lot of them. Did you coach Deontay's team? I didn't. So you never coached football. I coached Jaden's football oh, you team, did. but not At Deontay. The end, Deontay yeah. had really good head coaches and coaches, so I didn't have to. But Jaden, I, I coached two years okay. of that. Is he still playing, Jaden? He's not going to play this, this year. This is his last, so last year. Was his okay. last year, huh? Yeah, he said he, he does. He want to take a year off of football. Well, you can. That's about the only sport you can pretty much take a year yeah. off and survive. Yeah. Some of these kids. We'll see. We'll see. Yeah. How did you feel when he told you you wanted to take a, a I was year a little off? disappointed, but I know where his heart is. His heart is on the ice. Yeah. yeah. I just don't want him, what they call a one-trick pony, because you lose yourself if you, because if you not fail that one thing, but if you limit yourself, because he's pretty tall and athletic, and he can play football if he put his mind to it like he does hockey. Right. But, you know. It's his choice, his love, so I just got to roll with it. <laughs> Try not to live his life for him. Yes, right? that's it. I agree I, with I'm, that. sure, I'm not a parent. I'm the only non-parent here, so I... Uh, in due time. In, in, due, in due time. I'll, I'll write that, <laughs> I'll write that one time. down. In due time. Yes. <laughs> your, yes your priorities yes. do a, a, yes. a total 180. Yes. So you went from a high school in D.C., which you told us was 80% black? Yes. And now you're at Rochester Community college yep. which was reversed 80 yes. percent white, white yeah. so were there any growing pains in terms of race in school not on the football team but in the academic world i think for me it was because i was on my own you know it wasn't you know big mama wasn't there she wasn't mm-hmm. so she didn't if i skipped class she didn't know about it you know yeah which, which was was rough because you know you want to stay on that straight and narrow and do it but when you got a little freedom man freedom is a freedom to do something to you double-edged sword oh man (laughs) 
Yeah, so yeah, it was it was I think I I wish I would have took it a little bit more seriously. Okay. Knowing now what I know that I would have been hitting it a lot harder. Oh, I, I think everybody has that. When when you're a former college <laughs> athlete, I think everybody yeah. says, you know, I wish I would have stayed home yeah. that Tuesday night yes. and studied instead of yes. going out with my friends. I had Trent Eigner on our podcast, uh, the, the St. Thomas Academy coach, and here's this guy. He's super well-spoken. He's talking about all, this, all these books he's reading, all these books he's read. He's using these big, huge words on the podcast. And the whole show he talks about, yeah, I was a terrible student. I really wasn't into school. And I'm like, well, you are now, but you're just not, you know, doing chemistry yeah, yeah, or algebra. Yeah. <laughs> you're actually a pretty smart guy, yeah. you know, and doesn't necessarily need to be to, in, in, right. at a college to be a right, smart guy. right, right. Well, and you also mentioned before we came on that some of your high school classmates are still here in Rochester. Yes. When you go from a place like D.C., which you said was more violent. Yes. And you get to a place like Rochester. Do you think that you and your teammates found a level of comfort here and it was harder to leave because you felt? I think it was. uh, Yes, it was a comfort level because you could just go out and about, do your thing. Don't have to worry about if anything's going to happen to you, you know. But we still had the the mind that mindset of still being on point wherever you go, whatever you do, because that's just the way you grew up. To, still to this day, I can see something down, and I'm looking, and my senses go up. I can tell, okay, I need to let's go to the right, you know. Head it's constantly just, on a swivel. Yes, and I don't know why. I've been here for 30 years, <laughs> but it's just, you just get that adapted to that lifestyle. You just know that, you know, it can change at any moment, whether you want it or you don't want it to change. So Right. Um, so you have these friends, they, you know, that the Roosevelt, is it Roosevelt? Yes. Were they all Roosevelt guys? Yes, too? Theodore so you Roosevelt. All, all these Roosevelt guys that are still here. Yes. Um, do you guys get together, when you guys get together, um, do you bring up race? Does, do you bring up that it's different? Or is it just, no. this is just kind of like you and I get together, yes. like rarely do we talk about race. The only yeah. thing that would maybe potentially be race is you ripping me for not liking collard greens. Yeah. <laughs> That's the closest thing that we that got, was it. right? That and was I'm it. like, that was oh, yeah, I don't like them. They're gross. Yeah. Peter yeah. likes them. I don't, I, don't like it, it. Yeah. I don't know if it's racial, but you not liking collard greens is just wrong. <laughs> That's <period. laughs> right. It's They're not. Delicious. It's gross. No, we never, we never thought about it like that, you know? Yeah. Because we were just, we knew each other in high school. We see each other with the kids and uh, you know we've been in situations together that that we had to be together and then be as one but we never took it as as that okay it's kind of different i think the way i read it when you were telling me about it off air was you're from the same hometown just like my buddies from Minneapolis right. were from the same, went to the same high school, shared school. experiences, yes. shared everything. It doesn't have to do with the color of your Never. skin, right? Never. Just like we're from the same place, yes. and we went and we went to the same college, and we went yes. a lot of the same shared experiences, yes. just like everyone else does. Yes. Does it? Does it also get exhausting? Like if you're hanging out with your friends and you're having a good time, does anyone really want to bring up race? Does anyone want to drop the bomb? Like, hey, let's talk about race relations because yeah. it, it's a oh. heavy. It is heavy a heavy subject. It's a heavy subject because 
I think a lot of people need to educate themselves a little bit more about it. Not an aspect that they don't know or they don't want to know. It's just you have to look at it from another person's viewpoint. So I'll tell the story. I work for a good company here. When I first started working, I used to have to drive, get on the shuttle, go to my job, come back. So me not paying attention because I'm in my own world. One day, it's a nice sunny day. We Everybody got the same uniform on. Yep. Same badge on. So I'm walking to go to my truck. And all of a sudden, I just see this. Like the clutching of the purse. And I was like, well, I keep on, keep on moving. Come back the next day. Happens again. I'm thinking to myself, okay, something must be wrong with this picture. I have the same uniform on as you. Same she's badge clutch, as you. She's clutching the purse. Same mm. outfit as you. Same everything. And you think that's that's the first thing that comes into your mind when you see a black man walking down the street is to clutch a purse. But that's I didn't I didn't take it offensively, but I just said that's that's just what what happens <laughs> in that person's life. But it happens. Did that hurt? No, because I didn't take it. It's all about how you take things. And how you were raised and growing up. If she would have said something to me when she did that, I probably would have felt a little bit offended. But, again, I was just keeping it moving. And I just happened to, like, she just actually grabbed her purse. Like, I wanted to snatch it or something. I think a lot of that has to do with uh, what we see on TV and, and movies. It just seems like to me, and maybe even in music, it just seems to be there's this gangster mentality yes. that gets portrayed on television and movies and so they watch a movie whatever you watch the wrong movie or do the right thing whatever you yeah, watch the wrong yeah. movie all of a sudden it's like i'm i'm gonna be grabbing my purse like yeah. well actually that has that's not the reality of no. our world and then the, the rea- and sometimes media dictates our a lives lot. it dictates our lives a it lot. dictates our happiness sometimes and that's what i tell my boys don't let anybody take your happiness away from you because you can't let anybody dictate what you're doing. You can't you can't live your life worrying about, or oh, if I step outside, what my neighbors might think of me. Well, my neighbors, they either choose to speak to me or they choose not to speak to me. I'm going to be okay. Yeah. You know? I'm not looking for anybody to to speak to me just because of the color of my skin. That's not what this is about. I want you to speak to me because I'm a good neighbor. And if you need my help, I'm going to be willing to help you because I'm a good neighbor. It's all kind of first impressions. Yes. You know, whatever. And you gave me a really bad first impression the first time, and you're going to love the story. I I saved this for the show because I didn't want you to hear it. It's awesome. I'm going to remind you that we're recording. This is awesome. It's great. You'll love the story. You will love the story. I can describe it. You're going to love it. I was over covering a game. I think it was for sure Tom Chicago. Yeah. And I had known who you were via the internet because you had liked or retweeted some Jaden stuff. So I kind of knew who you were. Not that it wasn't that big a deal. And and it was at Eden Prairie. It was a summer hockey game. Dean Weasler's coaching yeah. over on one end. And I remember, <laughs> and that's all I remember is like, oh, there's Dean Weasler. He had a beard. And yeah. I, oh, that's who that is. And 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 you were on the other side of the rink. And you won't deny this. You were very loud. Yes. And I and it was quiet in there. And it's one yes. of those rinks. And I just kept looking back. And I'm like, 
that's got to be Jaden's dad, you know, did the math, right? Yeah. I'm like, that's it. And all I remember was like, man, that guy is loud. Yeah. And so I left the rink because you, 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 you make a lot of judgments during yeah, games, yeah, whatever. Yeah. I just remember going, Jaden Benny's dad is loud. That's yeah. all I remember. Yeah. And whatever, the next event or the next game, I ran into you and we, you said hi to me. And we had been very friendly yes. on social media. And we chatted and I'm like, well, he's just loud, and yeah. that's, that's all. That, that's all it is. You know what I mean? That's like, it. and it had nothing to do with race. It had, yeah. it, we were easy to identify because yeah. of your skin color. But I just remember my first impression was like, that guy's loud. And then I went to another game. I'm like, you were loud then too. I'm like, but once you kind of get to know somebody, exactly, you kind of it, it's part of your appreciation. Well, it's, it's part of who he is. Yes. And then when you really listen to the words that Dwayne is saying, is he's never negative. He's always encouraging. He's like a football coach up there. He's exactly. just, and a lot of football coaches yes. seem loud and obnoxious. Yes. No, they're just used to being enthusiastic. enthusiastic. I go, we need more Dwayne's in the rink. That was my yeah, takeaway. Yeah, but remember yeah. that first impression? Yes. yes. He was loud. Yes. Yeah, a lot way. of people say that. My wife was like, you need to go somewhere else. <laughs> <laughs> Funnily enough, that was also my first impression of Todd Gibson. Uh, yes. The Rochester yes. area coach who's coached yes. Jaden for so many years. I, I popped into a super rink game, and I think he was arguing with a ref about something. <laughs> and I thought, that guy is loud on the bench. And, of course, uh, you get to know somebody, and it's, yeah, it, 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 all, totally, yeah. it all melts away. It yeah, does. It it's, does. A, it's a really good lesson, and we kind of used a little bit of a rink there. It was yes. like, oh, this guy is a great guy. And Just that's like what in, in life, you have to don't judge by that first. Yeah. Maybe do a second. Or a third, or maybe go ask somebody that you may trust. Oh, funny you should say that. I coached against Todd Houck in girls softball, and he would go home, and his wife and my wife knew each other, but we didn't know that they knew each other. <laughs> and he would just tear me to shreds. He goes, that, that Tony is so obnoxious. <laughs> Yeah, it was Nothing, bad. Nothing's changed in, in ten <laughs> so years. So and uh, no, literally, that was like they were the girls were seven years old, and by eight years old, we were coaching hockey together. And I, he was my See? assistant coach. It was oh my perfect. That's part of it, yeah. Yes, it's all. It's part of the the go and see. And now culture. they're all graduating. Deontay, yeah. Riley, and Olivia are all just graduating of, right just now. Think of that graduation class. What they lived. Through. Oh, nine eleven. Nine eleven. Yeah. The when the economy crashed. Yeah, in 2008. Yeah. Coronavirus. Everything. It's been a bad, it's been a, been a rough, rough ride years, for that class. That group right there, they're going to have some top leaders come out of that. <laughs> they will. Because they're going to be through everything. Phoenix rise from the ashes. That's it. Yes. yes. All so right, Peter. De Deontay, the high school senior, also played hockey. Yes. And how did your kids get into hockey? That's you, a you great played, question. You played yes. football. You played yeah. a ton of hockey yes. back in D.C. So, yeah. <laughs> but nah. you're a big Caps fan, though. I am. I, you I am. you I and I chatted about Caps that. I Caps back in the day. I didn't watch it religiously, but I did when it was on. You admired it, at least. I did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was wondering yeah. how those big guys could move so fast on those blades. Yeah. All right. Yeah. So, go back so to the story. How did the kids So, my hockey? wife grew up in Elberly, um, and so my father-in-law coached one of my brother-in-law growing up in Albert Lee. Okay. So they live on Lake Sarah. So in the wintertime, you know, Grandpa get the rink ready outside, so we threw him on the skates, and Deontay was kind of iffy about it. Jaden always, I think he came out of the womb <laughs> wanting to skate. <laughs> yeah. He, he used to carry a hockey stick before he could even walk. Really? Yes. 
everywhere. You fell in love right away. Yes, everywhere. So that's how it, it stuck. You know, of course, Deontay, big guy, 6'6", 270, always been the big guy. So it was kind of a little harder for him. Yeah. Because he wasn't the fastest or the most polished skater. I'm impressed, though, with the Division Two football scholarship that he finished it out and yes. he saw the whole hockey thing yes. through. And, and getting to that, I kind of told him I didn't want him to play. Really? I did. Because I didn't want him to get hurt because everybody out there want to hit the big guy. Yeah. They want to see the big guy fall, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. I told him after his last game, I said, son, I love you, and I'm glad you didn't listen to me. <laughs> because it's... he enjoyed it. He had fun with it. He enjoyed it. He loved the game. And you can't knock a kid for loving the game. And I wasn't sure if he was playing or not, but yeah. uh, when we sent our photographer out for the for the jersey project, I yeah. said, you, when you shoot John Marshall today, because there was a two different teams yeah. that were playing, I go, you only have to shoot one kid on John Marshall. It's going to be Deontay Vini. <laughs> You'll see him. He's seven <laughs> feet tall. Yeah. Yeah. Dwayne will love yeah. seeing his son yeah. in a book. Yeah, you know, he would love My that. My mother-in-law so. loves it even more. Oh, good, yeah. good, good, yeah. good. Are the kids into the NHL at all? Yes. Okay. Uh, Deontay is a big Pittsburgh fan. I don't know where that came from, but he is. Um, and Jaden is a he's a big Ovi fan. Huge okay. Ovi fan. Okay. So yeah. But when yeah. they were growing up, did they ever ask you? Uh, there are, there aren't a ton of black players in the NHL. Right. I mean, and the, that's been that way since Willie O'Ree yep. first played. Did they ever ask you about why aren't there more? They they ask the questions a little bit, and I just tell them, you know, the sport is not for everybody. I said, and then you kind of put that spark in them that you could be different, you know? This is something that if you love it and you want to succeed at it, you could be the next Willie O'Ree if that's what you choose to be. But you don't have to. You can love other things, but but if you're going to do it, you got to be committed to it. That's mm -hmm. all I ask for all my kids when they do sports. Just be committed to it. Um, walk through there, uh, the, the, the culture of, you know, we, we alluded to a little bit, but the, uh, the culture of hockey. Yes. Um, I just know you, you love the sport. You're, yes. you're, you're at everything. You're, 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 a I'm a never, you're never miss a game <laughs> yeah. kind of guy. No, never. Um, walk through what culture, um, that you see there, some of the things you see, let's talk about hockey specifically, but yes. then talk about how it might be different than in any other cultural sports that well, you've been again, involved in, with. In, in hockey, of course, when the kids are half black, you don't really see much at the youth level. I'm trying to think about Deontay's age group. I don't even remember any kid. That they played against, that much less. Against. No one in Rochester. No. Right? And then played against probably not many. I don't many. Jaden, I can say, I I can count on the hand. You know, the, yep. the kid from Moorhead. The goalie. Goalie. Oliver. And, uh, so can, the sad part is I can name him. Yeah, and Oliver's dad is the, the mayor. Did you see his speech? I did. Unbelievable yes. speech. All right, yes. keep going. All right. And then Diesel. Yep, Diesel. Uh... Kevin Joyce. It's funny. We have nicknames for them all, and we know who they are, too, <laughs> Kevin right? Kevin Joyce from Woodbury. Yep. yep. Oh, yes. from Yes, the state champion yes. Woodbury team. Seidel Twins. Yes, the Seidel Twins. They've played twin. down here in Rochester yes. a few and times. one kid out of the state, 
I know is one kid from Fargo. Oh. Uh, I don't even know his name, but I see him. Andrew O'Neill. Yes. Who is our, who is our Wiz Wyatt winner this yes. year. So yes. that's it. That's the only I can count. So for Jaden's level, it was a little bit more. And to be honest with you, I don't even know if Andrew O'Neill is African-American or biracial or not. I know that his mom is white, and I've never even bothered to ask his father what his race is. Because yeah. you know what? It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It's doesn't never mattered matter. to me. But, but he does have some color in his yeah, pigment, yeah, and that's yeah. about all I know. Yeah, that's so. all I can tell you. Never well, been important. And I think it's one thing to say that it doesn't matter, but considering what the entire country has gone through yes. in the last couple yes. of weeks, at some yes. point it, it has to matter. It has to matter. It yes. has to matter. It's not – I think that I'm 28, and I think that the generation that came before me, they were very proud of saying, I don't see color. Right. Well, my generation says, well, we do see color, and we, right. we see some issues here. Yes. Especially between relationships between law enforcement yes. and the African-American community. Yes. Did, did you deal with anything like that growing up in D.C. or uh, when you came to, came to Rochester? In D.C., not at all. Uh, I lived a little bit in Georgia, um, in the South. So you used to see on the news the Ku Klux Klan. It's big in the south. So yeah. In Georgia, um, particular area, Stone Mountain, they used to have rallies. I remember one time seeing a march on TV in Forsyth County. This was the 80s. So it's not that far removed right. from and that. They're still around. Yeah. So coming here, no, you know, they still got that Minnesota, the nice for me. But again, when the kids, Playing sports, they have been called the N word before, uh, playing in games, and you just have to explain to them that you can't uh, let idiots, as I call them, the nice way, uh, let you distract with what you're trying to do. Because, again, like me and Tony talk on the phone, um, right now everything is politicized. Yeah. And it's dividing everybody. And if we could just get the po- politics out of it, I think I think it'll it'll be okay. But you have to get them politics out of which, right now, I don't even know if you can even do that. It's almost like the politicians are getting in the way of some really positive changes that were happening. Like Pete was just talking about his age group. I saw a tweet recently, and I never even thought about it. It said the president now is seventy two. The guy who he's running against is 77. The average person in the Senate was like 60. At least. In the other uh, branch of government, it was like 70-something. So you have all these individuals who are trying to direct the country in the way that they want. They don't see what we see. Right. So until we get that new fresh young blood up there, this in the, this generation in the next vote, if you want to make change, you gotta go out and vote. I promise we didn't want Biden. Uh, I, yeah, <laughs> maybe, <laughs> maybe we're waiting too far into politics, but I just want to. Mr. Left Winger over here did not want Joe Biden. 
I think that uh, I did play left wing in hockey. You so are maybe a left winger. It makes winger. sense that I I am a, a Democrat. So Dwayne and I had a long conversation yeah. about this. You and I would have both been centers, right? Yes, yes. Right I'm in the middle. <laughs> I just <laughs> want anybody to do right. That's all. That's I want. right. We want to live our own that's lives. That's it. We just want to live our own lives and not and, bother anybody. And honestly, I think that's what my generation also wants. I think we're a little more aggressive about getting people so yes. to act right. Yes. It's fine by me. And I think that there's. But you got to be aggressive in the right way. Right. In the I, right th- I think that's tone. where some of my because I think the young people they so up front in your face in your face, <laughs> which is okay, but you have to t- if you can tone it down <laughs> because a lot of people look at it as they're yelling, but you're not. You just want to get your point across because you're so frustrated and. If you're going to get in someone's face, your breath better smell good. <laughs> that, too. I'm going to turn we, that into a hashtag. We were at uh, my daughter's. We were watching some of the riots on either the Friday or the Saturday mm-hmm. night. And and here I'm, like, fatherly. I'm like, it's past 8 o'clock. Those people should know better not to protest. They were warned. and There have been multiple mm-hmm. warnings. And my daughter's just screaming at me, but, Dad, they're shooting him with tear gas. You know, like, yeah. they're, like they should have their right to express. I'm like, mm-hmm. they did have the right to express themselves until. 8 p.m. at yes. 8 p.m. Okay. That was kind of like the law versus this, right, yes. kind of thing. And my point is, the, you're talking about expressing. Yes, my my yes, 15-year-old yes. daughter yes. is now unleashing on me. <laughs> Unleash. My point is what you were saying. I, was, yeah. I, I wasn't talking about that, but I was being yeah. fatherly. Yeah. And law and order need yeah. to follow the you law. Follow kind of the thing. directions. Follow the rules. You got to. Right. So, yeah, I think, I think that's where we diverge because changes never come from everybody going home at 745. (laughs) (laughs) It happens after 8 o'clock. It it happens after 8 o'clock. I'm with you. I'm okay with it, but I was just like, well, (laughs) I was was actually, I wasn't really speaking to the protesters. I was speaking to the press. You know, if you're going to go into a war zone, you might get hit by a rubber bullet is what I'm saying. Yeah. That was what I was. They were. She was so mad that they got hit. I'm like, well, they did say at eight o'clock something's, yeah. you know, well, at, at stuff's going to go down. Yes, right. At, at the risk of stereotyping ourselves, I think the two white guys have kind of hijacked the conversation. Yes, oh, we have. Well, we'll go back we're to good. the the star of our show here. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Fine. So we we mentioned the the riots. I don't think there's another way to describe them. So did did you watch the I live did. coverage? It was it was disappointing because. You can use your voice to make a difference. And once it goes beyond that, then you lose your message. And I want to just put it out there. There's a misconception out there from the, the white community, from the black community, about when a black person says white privilege, it doesn't call you a racist. White privilege to a black person like myself is just saying that your skin color affords you the opportunity, it doesn't afford me. It's not saying it's right, not saying it's wrong, but it gives you a leg up. Mm -hmm. It's not saying that you're racist, that you don't like black people, don't like any any parts of that, but that wording is getting used and people are attaching it to racism, and that's not what it means to me. I'm going to say, to me, it doesn't. I think both terms are are lightning rods. The word black lives matter. It's like, all lives matter. Like, no, no, that's not what it means. That's not what they're telling you. It's generally what it not means. And then the the white privilege means like like I have some advantage over you and I don't like you because of it. I don't think either one of them. I don't like either of those words because they they spark so much controversy. Yes, way too much. I, I think they spark controversy, but I think they're supposed to. For Yes. For me, white privilege means I've never been followed at the gas station. 
Yeah. I've never been pulled over for no reason. Yeah. I have never wandered into a neighborhood and thought I shouldn't be here. <laughs> yes. yes, Tony. Have you no, no, I'm just, up? that's yeah. my next question. I have a question for oh, you. I got you. So, but I think that, back to the whole generation thing, I think our generation acknowledges that we do have some sort of privilege. And yeah, I think but that's it's, important. It's okay, though, but what you do with it is what's going to affect. So if there's a person that's in ill will that want to do another community, if they have that, if you use it towards that, that's not the answer. What you're talking about, you want to use it in a positive light. Yep. Yes, that's what they want. That's what everybody wants. Yep. But you got to get everybody to that point. You know, you got to raise your kids up to to think that way and not mumble when you walk away from yeah. them saying something different because they still hear that. And it, it does. it's not even overt racism, right. which it used to be. I right. think now it's racism in its current form, I think, is more subtle. Yes. I think it's it's white parents telling their kids, you know, my, my parents, I, I love them to death. I was on university in Thomas once mm-hmm. when I was a teenager, and my dad called me and he said, where are you? And I said, I'm on Thomas and University. Thomas and University in St. Paul is, isn't the, it's not a place that a lot of people want to right. be caught. Right. At night. And my dad thinking, you know, you might want to get out of there. Yeah. So, and maybe if it's subtle racism or not, I think he was, you don't want to be in certain neighborhoods. Yeah. But again, he was coming to you from a fatherly. Right. It wasn't coming from that. He may have thought a part of that was, but he just wanted to make sure his son that he loves it's going to be all right and get up out of the situation if something is to happen in right. that situation. Which is why I can't totally fault right, him for doing right, that. But right. it's, even thinking that certain neighborhoods are off limits, I think, is symptomatic yes. of a larger yes. issue. Even thinking, I, maybe I shouldn't be down here. Yes. Well, why shouldn't I be down here? What's what's wrong with Thomas right. and University? Right. So as and long as we're a, having those conversations, yes. I think that's a step forward. And again, getting back to the riding part, that's like Lake Street. It's one of the worst neighborhoods in Minneapolis. Why you want to tear your neighborhood up, who's trying to build it up. They, they put up brand new apartments for low income to help people afford they got, housing. They and they burn down. down. That's so what, not what helping you. Minority owned businesses being They're burned down. They're not helping you. You're not helping yourself when you do that. And I understand they say, oh, people from out of town. Yes, but if they was out of town and you know they're from, not from that neighborhood, it's your responsibility to say, hey, don't do that. This is my neighborhood. We're doing stuff peacefully. If you want to do that, take that on somewhere else. But you don't have enough of voices that's saying that because, again, we got more that want to do that and less that don't want to do that. All right. So my thing I raised my hand for, and we uh, prepared you for this beforehand. Actually, I was kind of shocked by your answer before, to be honest (laughs) with you. Uh, Maybe it's because you live in in Lily White, Rochester. But (laughs) the question was, there's the the old saying, driving while black. And uh, African-Americans are pulled over, profiled, whatever the term you want to use. And you said you were only pulled over three times in your life. Yes. And two of them, were you speeding on all three? Or maybe one of them was just because you might have been Yes, two of them were speeding. Yes. Two of them were legit, right? Legit. But there was one that wasn't. Yes. Was it? What was that like? Uh, it was a little intense, and I didn't tell you all the story because I wanted to tell you on the on the air. Yeah, it's a little so surprise, right? We we coming. Uh, you know, like most jobs, you have a going away party. So I get 
not even leaving the parking lot that far. Yep. Get pulled over. Nice lady cop. Sir, have you had a drink? Yes, ma'am. How much did you have to drink? Uh, I wasn't really keeping count of it, but I had some drinks. I wanted to step out. And uh, first, you know, let me get your license, license. and registration. Okay. People that don't know me, my wife is an insurance agent. Yep. That's her job. So I give her that. She comes back and she's like, Mr. Vini, you know, at midnight today, your re- your uh, your insurance expired. expired. And I'm like, huh? And she was like, yes. And not only that, your tabs are overdue. <laughs> and I'm like, huh? I'm like, this can't be happening to me. Yeah. But, you know, and then so I had uh, one of my white buddies with me, and he couldn't believe. He's like, dude, we just left the parking lot. I'm like, I don't know. I just have to follow the So I had to get out, walk the line, breathalyzer, and then let me go. So the whole ride from his house after we left was just dead silence because he couldn't believe that that just happened. Which but, part? Just that we just got pulled over. And for no reason. For no reason. Ah, uh, I see what you're saying, yeah. So, I think it was more of a shock to him. Than it was to you. To me, because mm. in the other instance, you know, again, you got to put yourself in the situation. If, you, if you're doing what they ask you to do, it shouldn't go left. And sometimes right. it does. Most times it does. I was just fortunate enough that it didn't. Um, both time, one time I got the ticket, the other time I didn't get the ticket. So right, right. Um, do you educate uh, Deontay? Do you, yes. do you educate uh, Jaden on maybe how to act appropriately? Or yes, I always uh, tell the boys get pulled over. Well, Jaden not driving yet, but Deontay always say yes sir, no sir, yes ma'am, no ma'am. Um, keep your hands visible. Um, I want you to come home because. I, I, I'm your dad. I love you. The world is getting a little crazy out here, but um, every time he goes out, I get nervous. And that's just life. I shouldn't feel that way, but to, in today's world, I just feel nervous. Not nervous that he's going to get in trouble, but, you know, they kids. They out and about driving around, you know, and I just want them to be safe. And I think one instance he did say, you know, we have a church right over here. They just pulled in the church parking lot. The cop pulled right behind him. I said, did he get out and do anything? He's like, no. I was like, yeah, because he probably ran your place. And you got a clean record. So they know. But you luck, You got lucked out. That's why I tell you, if you're going to do anything, I like for you to be at somebody's house doing something. Right. Yeah. But And I shouldn't have to feel that way. But that's the world we live in. This one got thrown at me during this whole last few weeks. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the the concept of I don't know if I read this somewhere on social media, but it was the concept of uh, it was an African American person posting about something saying, uh, "Yeah, when when I have my house broken into or the law broken against me, mm-hmm. uh, the police isn't somewhere where I automatically turn first. Right. Is this something that crossed your mind before? Where I wouldn't maybe call the police because I don't trust if the police. I, if I was living back home, right? Maybe, but Minnesota, we're calling I the cops. Wouldn't. Yes, because I've 
played college football with guys that are state troopers, cops. Um, I used to work at Foot Locker for many years, and it was a young kid that grew up working with me. He's a police officer in Rochester. So me, I, I know cops, so I don't take it as that, but I can see where, where for instance, that... Again, as a yeah. white person, that never even crossed my mind until I read that. Yeah. Again, this is a whole education. I'm going through it. I'm sure Peter's going through mm-hmm. it. An education process that some of this ride stuff might have been a, a glass of lemonade out of yeah. the lemons versus yeah, just making lemons out of it. It has to be from both sides, too. Yeah. It, it, it can't just be coming from white America. It has to come from black America as well. You got to see both sides of it. Right. Because... Some sometimes they may want to use that to get a little further, which that's not what it's for. Correct. You know. Correct. So you gotta you gotta see what you what you're doing and how you want to work it to to feel safe. Right. Do you think that becoming a parent kind of takes the edge off a little bit? Maybe if you didn't have kids and you were 20 years younger, you would feel like we don't have to see it from both sides. It's been too long trying to see it from both sides. I don't, when you get a little older, I guess growing up in the South a little bit, seeing that side, and and coming from the home I came from, and not seeing color, I guess this for me it did never cross my mind because you know everybody can see the difference in everybody's color, but the people if they didn't know what the topic was, could they tell my voice what color I was? They probably couldn't. Right. But if you're just listening to, oh, this guy is talking smart, but then when, if you find out that I am black, they were like, oh, and that's what that's what we're supposed to do. You're not supposed to see color. You're just supposed to see the person as a human and just say, okay, I may not agree with you, but I understand your point of view. And that's where we got to come to that. Because if we don't come to that, we're just going to have – it's going to happen. 13, 14 days in a row of what's going on now. Right. I agree. So you, we talked about the George Floyd video yes. before. Yes. And you, you only watched it once, watched, right? Watched it once. It's hard to watch. Okay. Why was it so hard to watch? I mean, Just that's, because that's it, a, could, it could have been me, you know? You know, I, I could have went to that store with a regular $20, crisp $20 bill, and that young lady or young man thought it was fake. And I'm not sure why, why they did what they did, but it happened. It could have been me. He wasn't resisting. He was just trying to figure out what was going on, and then he lost his life, and that's the sad part. Because nobody, no matter what color you are, should have to die like that. And I, I would apologize for the stupid way I phrased that question, said, why did that upset you? As soon as the words left my mouth, I was like, what the hell no, are you talking about, no. Peter? It's not about it. But it's, again, it's just open dialect. And that's what the world needs to be. You have to hear it from all angles. If you get upset about it the way they phrase it, then you're not in the right mind to accept anything that they're going to tell you regardless. So if we can get to that point, and I think a lot, but it, again, like me and Tony would say, it's going to have to start with Pete's generation and, and my son's generation. That's right. It's going to have to start there because I told my son we just got a thing in the mail that he needs to register to vote. It's your time to decide on what you want to do. 
You see what's going on. If you want to make changes, this is how you make change. You got to vote. You have to. You can't. You can't you get yelling, scream, burn down buildings. <sighs> That's not going to get anything done. You have to elect the people who you think, and it may take a take a minute. You know. It may take a, a different choice or a couple of choices to, to get to where you want to get to, but you have to have to do that. If you, you can't complain about it, but then not do that. The follow-through has to it be. has to be. Has to be. You have more questions? I have chicken scratch all over <laughs> my steno book. I do, I do have – this is the – Tony and I were in the car and we were talking about how this the last two weeks have sparked a lot of discussion about – Lofty ideals yes. and big yeah. ideas, yeah. huge mm-hmm. umbrella ideas that are so complex. But here's a question that I think impacts everyday life. Mm-hmm. As a white person, your community, what do they prefer to be referred to as? And that's kind of a blunt way to ask it. Mm-hmm. African-American, black, person of color. What does it, does it make a difference? Is there a general preference or does it all I, depend on the individual? I guess it depends on the individual. With me, it doesn't. Doesn't matter, uh, but again, in in my generation, probably take one of those different than mm-hmm. I would. You know, the young people like African American. You know, they like that, or they like black because they put Black Lives Matter on t shirt, so they like that. So, I guess I personally would like to get away from color. Mm-hmm. And just say, oh, you're a bad human being or you're a nice human <laughs> being, you know? That's a yeah. good way. If, or if a you, loud human being. Or a loud human being, exactly, <laughs> in the hockey <laughs> rink. So, yeah, I, I think we need to, if we can all get away from that, I think we'd be doing ourselves a favor and the younger generation a favor because they got a lot after this. They have a lot to deal with. A lot to process. On top of Corona, being yeah. at home, seeing it twenty four seven. Yeah, if they was in school, they wouldn't see. They probably still see it on their phone, but plastered on TV twenty four seven. That could get to a person. Oh yeah, yeah. So, and really I thought can. during the protests, I don't think that it would have escalated to where it did if. And this isn't a, a knock on World Health or whatever, but mm-hmm. if we hadn't been under lockdown. I don't know if it would have escalated that much. You had a lot of people yeah. that have a lot of pent up energy and no yes. outlet right now. Yes. So you're finally you're finally out agree. in the world and it just kind of bubbles over. Yeah. I kind of I've been yeah. telling my pe- my friends whatever I was hey, you know, a lot of it has to do with there were no hockey practices <laughs> to go to, no grad parties to go yes. to. No, not, a lot of these guys, you know, young people they don't have bars to work at. No. So there was just so much idle hands yes. that was Idle real, hands are the devil's too. It was. No, we it was. Go, it we was go totally out the house was. and forget about Corona for a while and do do this. Oh, I'm down with that. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All of a sudden, my yeah. sort of anger turns into real anger yeah. quickly. Like you start know? thinking about it. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been without my job for a few months here. Yeah, Let's let me, go. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it was uh, it was a perfect storm, and yes. and uh, hopefully some really good stuff has come out of this. Hope you know. What would you say, Dwayne? I mean, we've got uh, a couple more minutes here. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you could give some of your sage advice. I know you've given some great advice to your two boys. Yes. Uh, you've raised some two good young men. Thank you. I, I got a chance to talk to both of them here. Um, what advice would you give to the, you know, the, uh, the classic Caucasian white 
uh, good person, hockey dad, hockey yeah. mom, hockey player who's listening to this show. And that was the purpose of this show. Yes. It was like, we got a 99% white audience. What can we do with our Youth Hockey Hub platform to connect uh, African-American, black, people of color, yes. whatever you want to call it, to white people? Help us out. Uh, first, I would like to thank you guys for coming down. Um, and being open to this topic as well. You guys do a wonderful job with your tournaments and educating people on on just the general hockey aspect. But this is important that, um, again, getting back with pizza in today's youth, the parents need to be conscious of what's going on in your own household. Start there first. Start in your own household. Tell them what's right, what's wrong. Give them options, but you have to tell them what's right and what's wrong so they know, and once they walk out those front doors, they have an option of, no, I don't want to do that, or yes, I want to be a part of it. And if they do want to be a part of it, maybe you still need to educate a little bit more, but that's a part of being parents. The kids are not always going to listen to what your parents say. I know I didn't, right? and I know my boys don't, but as long as we give them guys the tools the simple tools are just surviving about being a decent human being, then we'd be on the right path. Is it simpler than we think it is? I think the it is. The simpler. I think it is. You just got to look past the color. So if you any of these people that see me in the hockey rink and, and you think it's me, just come up and say hi. I'll spark a conversation with you and say hi to you and, and ask you how things are going. But it starts by just opening up, you know. Yeah. If you can, if you can open up, and just get a glimpse of, of it, then you may see it from a different vantage point. So I got one color. It's gold. It's called the golden rule. Like if yeah. you, if you just do something to yeah. others that the way you want to be treated, I think it's it really is. That's like that's simple. the only color that matters. It's I think just, just to give a good rule is to rule of thumb there, and and I think especially in my education just over the last. We've had a couple instances. If if you're on the ice and there's an Asian kid or a, a black kid or some kid of color, um, think twice. Yeah. I mean, our game is I and, and I, I I gave this speech. I give the, I will give this speech. I continue to give this speech at the Bantam Elite League. It's like uh, we all have kids of color in, in that league, and it's it's you know do the right thing. Let's uh, hockey's better. Yes. We're better than that. We're a different breed. We're a different breed. <laughs> Don't let them outsiders taint what's good about hockey, you know? Of course, you're going to have a few people that want to yank the chain. But if we, again, getting back to we have more of the people that's doing the right thing and less of the people that want to not do the right thing, then I think that majority is going to outweigh that. Those people, I agree. And thankfully, from it, it starts from the top down, and yes, you have players sir. like Patrice Bergeron, yes, coming out and saying something. And Jonathan Taves, and as important as it is for players like Akima Lou to share their stories, mm-hmm. it's just as important for those preeminent white players, right, to I come agree. out and support. Got to hear from both sides. Yes. Jonathan Taves said, "Open your eyes," which is great. Yes. I mean, he's saying, "See it." Right, yes. it is there. See it for and what the it is. Best part is says, and open your heart. Meaning, yes. like, like let's break down your yes. your heart and not be so hard hearted about yes. what you used to be. It's and let's be proactive about it, though. Yes. Let's not simply say, open your heart, and then continue and doing what exactly, we've always been doing. Exactly, because that's <laughs> where we back to where we at now. Yeah, you know. 
Well, we are definitely moving forward. Uh, this was a really fun show. This is better than I imagined when I called you last <laughs> week. I appreciate your time, yes, Dwayne. thank you. As thank you. part of today's show, Dwayne will get a gift from the Minnesotans uh, sent to him. Thanks to the Minnesota again for their sponsorship of the pod. Make sure to stop in and check in on or, ch- or jump online and enter the code tradition for free shipping and handling for all YHH listeners. Thanks for tuning in. Tuning in. Hope you enjoyed the show. Hope to see you around the rink soon.